The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. I've never been this nervous in my life. Greetings from Longtime No See the Podcast. Every week we'll be inviting two blindfolded comedians to answer a series of questions about their careers, lives, and opinions. Now, let's remove those blindfolds and start the show. Hi! What would your opening line with your celebrity crush be? Loved you in Harry Potter. <laughs> Worst date you've been on. A man bit my neck mole off once. You did what? A man bit my neck mole off. Oh my god, Jack almost fell off his chair. Be sure to follow and subscribe to the podcast. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with. It's an audio interview series presented by WFPK Independent Louisville at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Take a second before we get started to go ahead and hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening from so you can keep up with all the interviews that we put out every single week. That means whether you're listening on YouTube, on Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. I'm Kyle Meredith. Today my guest is Jake Shears. You know him as the lead voice of the Scissor Sisters. He's got his debut solo record, the self-titled one that's just dropped. He also wrote a memoir, a biography called Boys Keep Swinging that came out earlier this year. We're going to talk about both of those how multiple cities has influenced the new record, including New Orleans, Los Angeles, and my hometown right here in Louisville. We'll get into the songs Sad Song Backwards and Big Bushy Mustache and talk about how it's a good time to be wearing a big bushy mustache, as well as the influence of Iggy Pop, David Bowie, and Queens of the Stone Age frontman Josh Homme. There's also a nice teaser at the end, maybe about a movie. You don't have to listen to find out, though. It's Kyle Meredith with Jake Shears. How you doing? You know, the the last time you and I talked, you, you strolled into the, the studio here and, and surprised me 
uh, a little bit, but, uh, telling me that you had a solo record and and you'd been recording in Louisville, and that was all news. And that was uh, what, like a year and a half ago, something like that. About that, yeah, 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 exactly. It was about it was it was exactly about a year and a half ago. Well, um, now it's out. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Thank you. I know it's like. It's it's uh it was really a labor of love and it's been exciting to like put it out. I had to sit on it for a little bit because uh, I ended up I did I did Kinky Boots on Broadway last winter for mm-hmm. a few months. So it it was it, I, I sort of had to like wait for for a minute to put it out, but it's been a yeah it's been a quite a ride. Well, we'll get into the album here in a second too. But the, the Kinky Boots isn't all you did because uh, as you had also tipped me off in the last interview, you released your biography this year as well. Was yeah, I did a memoir that goes up to about um, it goes up to about 2006, but it mainly centers around it, it sort of focuses on uh, New York uh, around the millennium, kind of uh, just before I was starting a band, right when I was starting to make music. So it's it, uh, yeah, that came out in February. It's called Boys Keep Swinging. Yeah, did did you sort of mean for these to to go, to coincide to come out at the same time, or did it just happen like that? I think, yeah, you know, I kind of just hit, I hit away for a few years with the sole purpose of creating stuff. And I really made the album and the book in conjunction with one another in a certain way. And it, they really sort of informed each other in a kind of way, because the book sort of ends at a certain spot. The album kind of began is sort of very much about sort of my life in the last few years. And uh, they both took two years. I kind of wrote them at the exact same time. So... It was fun to have an arsenal, especially when I was rehearsing for Kinky Boots. It was like, by the time I was out on the Broadway stage, I felt like I had this kind of arsenal of stuff. So overall, it's been kind of the, one of the biggest years I've ever had as far as just, you know, output. And it's, it's, been, it's been really busy, but very creatively satisfying. You know, I've been very... It's it's I'm kind of racking my brain now trying to figure out what the heck I'm gonna do next. <laughs> <laughs> it, it does seem um you know a little bit early for one to write their memoirs, but but I guess if you're encapsulating them in, in a certain time period, that helps a little because you know. Um, yeah, it's definitely not. A, it's not an auto. It's not a. It's not a biography really. It's it's much more of a. Uh, it's it's much more kind of a slice of a slice of my life at a certain time. I mean, I didn't want to, I didn't want to write anything. There's like a memoir rule apparently where you shouldn't write anything that happens uh, within the last 15 years. That's (laughs) one of the reasons why I kind of ended it in 2006. So, you know, I can definitely write a follow-up, but it's going to be a little while. Yeah. Yeah. Life still to live in there. Stories to make all that. And it's, there's a lot, there was, it it was, it was kind of, it was funny to sort of see how much life I, you know, I've, gotten to do a lot in in my short time on this earth so far so it was it was fun to kind of go and reassess my past in yeah, that way absolutely well that works its way into this self-titled debut solo record debut solo record i mean that that's that's got to be fun to say is it also what was it ever scary at, at all stepping out like this i think before yeah i mean there's it's 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 because the thought of it was scary before songs were written and like just starting to record the album was a little bit scary because I did it in such a different way than than music that I've previously recorded. In that way, it was scary, but then in other ways, it was just super liberating and, and it's been really exciting just because I've just been able to do, you know, there's been nobody looking over my shoulder. I've not used any record label. It's all been my own money I've spent on this thing. And uh, I've just gotten to do everything, you know, exactly 
how I've wanted to do it uh, for better or for worse, you know? So it's, it's, I've had a lot of confidence with it, yeah. you know, and it's sort of a, a dream record for me. It's kind of, you know, every, every song in this record sort of counts and says something and sonically it's something I've always really wanted to achieve. So in certain ways, it's just been more exciting uh, rather than, rather than scary. I also feel like performance wise and just being on stage and, and songwriting wise, I just, I, I, I feel like, uh, you know, I just keep learning stuff. I, I feel kind of more confident doing this stuff than, than ever. So kind of a lot of the fears sort of gone out the window. One of the things I really loved about the story of this record, aside from, you know, how, how it's sort of in one slant, of, you know, as you said, a, a post breakup record, not a breakup record, but a post breakup record. But it's it's how the 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 cities play into it. New Orleans is talked about, and I'd like to hear about that, too. But I feel like there's also an L.A. story here and, of course, a, a Louisville story that kind of bridges it all together. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like a man adrift. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of the story of my life in the first place. But there is. I mean, there's 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 a I, I am a drifter. I'm a little bit of a wanderer. And and my surroundings uh, play a huge part in my life and play a huge part in my creativity and the, uh, where I am. And I mean, I definitely think, you know, the sound of this record is so grounded in in and Louisville, just because it's where we, you know, we recorded this whole thing from the ground up there. And, you know, there's so many Louisville musicians on it. And New Orleans uh, was sort of a place that I escaped to sort of out of my L.A. life that I had just felt really sort of stuck in. And, um, you know, New Orleans really changed my life and gave me a lot of inspiration, gave me the freedom to to write these songs. And, um I don't know. I just I, I feel like place has always had um, a big effect on stuff that I stuff that I make. But I wanted it. I wanted it to really kind of be. I wanted this record to be sort of the most honest representation of 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 my life that I've made thus far. Just because being in Scissor Sisters, you know, there's there's a bit more of a there's a bit more of a fiction put over it. There's a bit more of a persona, and I wanted to kind of strip that away a little bit. There's, um, you know, recording it in New Orleans, uh, getting down there with the Prez Hall folks. It, but, it, you know, for a lot of people, they go down there and they make their New Orleans record, and they make it to sound like New Orleans. There are, there are touches of New Orleans over this, but it doesn't, it doesn't seem like you're just, you know, trying to cop that sound outright, you know, to do your Dr. John no. record. Yeah, no, 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 though, though he's, you know, though he's definitely like, he's all, you know, the, I feel like that sound and that feel has always just been a massive influence back in Scissors songs, you know, it's sort of always been there. You know, I had musician friends and they were like, don't make a New Orleans record, whatever you do. <laughs> um, you know, but no, I wanted it to sound like me. You know, it was really, really important that it sound that it was, it was because my my influences are, are are pretty all over the map. You had said something recently. You said uh, living in New Orleans is like being in the Muppet Show, and it's it's kind of funny because a few reviewers, I don't know if you've caught this, have said there are moments here where it sounds like you're you know you're, you you've got your your Muppets theme going through you know the the Jake Shears filter on some of these songs, and I thought, man, something in your zeitgeist, something in your world is just pulling this out. <laughs> It's that feel. I mean, it's it's the feel of like. I think what people are cluing in on. It's like there's definitely there are there are sounds and feels of kind of like 
there's a lot of vaudeville jazz theatricality mm. that's sort of always, you know, kind of been there in my music, but I've definitely been able to like focus it on this record. And it's like for these shows where you come out on stage to come out, the, the last song people hear before the band comes out is, is all that jazz from Chicago by Candor and Ab. Yeah. And you know, the last song that we play in this set is, uh, the sun will come out tomorrow from from the musical Annie. Um, so there is there's the the show is kind of bookended by this sort of theatricality, this showbiz, this kind of vaudeville thing. That uh, yeah, that's directly. I think that's the connection with the Muppets and uh, and then yeah, you got Doctor Teeth, Doctor John, right? You know, right. all one big happy family. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll pull out a, a couple of the songs that sort of fits the vibe there too, with "Sad Song Backwards" and, and "Big Bushy, Bushy Mustache." Uh, both great songs, both not exactly what you might think that they're about, you know, on the first listen, because "Sad Song Backwards," of course is the old country joke, but it's sort of got a much darker undertone, right? Yeah, yeah. As a lot of my songs tend to do, I, I, I do like, I, I've got a very morbid sense of humor, and I, I'm, I've got a pretty, you know, I've got a pretty dark sense of humor. And the song is, is funny, but it's also, it's, uh, yeah, the lyrics are just super dark. I mean, on the on the outside, it sounds like it's uh, it's it's kind of a party song, but... It's uh, it's about about real, real unhappiness. You know, I mean, and then the big, big bushy mustache is definitely more about. It's kind of like it's it's sort of a it's kind of a blondes have more fun, you know. But it's been awesome, you know that 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 mustache came out of the, like it couldn't have come out of the better time. I really think this has been the year of the stash. It's <laughs> it's pretty amazing. They're all over the place now, and especially now that it's November. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're starting to see them even more, but uh, the timing on that I thought was really I was been very happy with the timing on that. <laughs> I remember that in, in, when you did stop in here, you had said you had just grown the mustache, like maybe that was a, a Louisville creation in itself, and that was uh, <laughs> I, I, and that you had just written the song about it as well. So it's it's been fun to see that one kind of go from its infancy to taking off to where it is now. Yeah, it just got bigger and bushier. <laughs> <laughs> you wear it well. You really do. Thank you. Thank you. I've started growing chops now just to kind of give a little bit of variety. <laughs> that's, the, that's the next trend. Yeah. That's, that's what that's we'll look out for. Um, I want to bring up the bruiser, too, because that drum beat, I sat there for like 10 seconds going, wait, what is that? What is that? It's nightclubbing, right? Iggy Pop. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I, uh, I I wrote I wrote that particular song with Baby Daddy. And we started we started just over. We just put on the nightclubbing beat and writing that piano riff on top of it. And uh, yeah, it's a direct. And we didn't sample the beat. We recorded it. Yeah, it's a complete. It's a it's a it's a direct reference to Bowie and Iggy there. Yeah, which you know is always in your world. And I was starting to draw the outsider lines too because you're really close with another friend of ours, Mr. Josh Hami who has, of course, done the Iggy stuff as well. Do, do you know, have you have you spent time with Iggy as well? Does, has he heard this? Uh, I have not ever gotten to meet Iggy Pop, and he's always just been a massive hero of mine. You know, Josh is someone I'm really close with, and uh, who I just I, I love very much. And, and this song I actually wrote, Bruiser, I really wrote for him in a way. It's kind of my, you know, that's my sort of attempt at... Uh, you know, making a little Queens of the Stone Age song, you know, and not that I don't know if it's successful or not, but it's definitely uh, he was really on my mind when I was when I was making that song. It's a cool song. It's one of my favorite parts of that record. Uh, it's one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite songs to play live and it's fun in the live show because it's like 
a lot of this music is, is party music. It's really happy and like, and I, I get to do this really fun thing in the show where everything just sort of takes a big, weird, like scary dip. And it's like, suddenly it's just like a little creepier, a little weirder. And it's uh, it's really kind of fun to be able to sort of take the show there. I was just thinking, because um, famously it was what, uh, Nine Inch Nails, who also played around with that beat with Closer. And if you're ever looking for a, a really dark mashup, you know, you've got that out there. You could, put, you could just put it all together. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. Could all be there. Um, while we're on influences, I, I did want to get your take. I, you know, I, I know uh, Queen has always also been an influence through the years. Have Have you seen the movie yet? I, I haven't. I have not. I want to so bad. I haven't gotten a chance to see it just because I've just been on the road. But uh, you know, it seems like some people dig it. Some people. Uh, I, I think it's it, it's got to be it's got to be hard to make a movie like that and please everybody. Right. And, and people saying the inaccuracies or, or the stuff left out, and I'm thinking, well, I mean, look at the Ray Charles movie, or the Johnny Cash movie. You're going to have that, but it looks exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It looks like a beautiful, yeah. It looks beautifully shot. There's a, there's, 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 there's some. I've got. I'm gonna have some really fun movie news coming up in the near future, but I, I can't say now. But I mean, I'm very excited about it. That's a good tease right there. Like movie news, as in you're going to be in a movie. Quite possibly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Quite possibly, but yeah, it'll, it'll, it'll be, soon, soon all will be revealed. But I'm very, very excited about it. I just. Got to uh, got to shoot for a couple of weeks. It'll be the first movie I've ever been in. So. Wow! And it's it's a big one. Oh, congratulations! I cannot wait Thank to hear you. what this is. <laughs> Thank nice you. One. I'm really stoked. Yeah, it's a nice way to uh, to wrap things up right here <laughs> on a big teaser cliffhanger, as it is. Yeah. Uh, Jake, uh, congratulations on uh, on this solo record. Congratulations on the book. Boys keep swinging. And uh, and take care of our our Louisville friends uh, out there too. I know they're backing you up on the band, and it's always fun seeing, you know, all of you all do your your collaborations and creations together. Oh, we've been having so much fun, and you know, it's just awesome. I really feel like uh, in so many ways now, Louisville is kind of a has sort of become one of my musical homes, and it's it it really I've made so many wonderful friends there, and I've you know I spent a lot of time, and I've got a lot of great memories. So it's it's been a really it's become a really special place for me. Yeah, that's great to hear. Hit us up next time you're in town. Awesome, absolutely. Thank you for talking to me. All right, Jake, take care out there. Take care. Have a good one. You All right, bye. bye. Thank you. Oh, my thanks to Jake Shears for that call right there. The self-titled debut solo record is now out. I cannot wait to hear what this movie news is. Uh, Hey, if you haven't already, take that moment to hit the subscribe button wherever you're listening to right now. If that's on YouTube, uh, you can hit follow on Spotify or subscribe wherever you get your favorite podcasts from. After that, head over to WFPK.org. That's where I do a show every Monday through Thursday from noon to 3 Eastern, where you'll also find some bonus episodes of this series. I'm Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.